my name is Dave Hollenbach, the host of From Members to Excellence, a podcast that explores the many facets of leadership from the perspectives of some amazing people. We discuss the triumphs and failures that have shaped our lives and our leadership philosophies. I've found that it isn't whether we fail that defines us, but when we do fail, how we respond. Leaders dust off the ashes and use their failures as fuel to work harder and as lessons to come back wiser and stronger, more resilient, more determined, and more committed to excellence. Today, I'm speaking with Tim Branion. He is the founder of TrueFans.com. Tim began his career as an airman in the United States Air Force. He realized that he wasn't on the path he wanted to continue on. And in 2011, with no formal education and roughly $6,200 in the bank, he launched his first software project. He has been a leader in the tech industry ever since. Tim has launched hundreds of apps, developed hundreds of platforms, and directly supported other multi-million dollar projects. He has scaled to millions of users and millions of dollars across his companies. I'm going to have links to his websites and his social media uh, in the show notes. So for all of you listening, make sure you check that out. Um, and Tim, Thank you so much for, for coming on and, and talking with me today. I, I really appreciate it, man. Yeah, Dave. Thanks for having me, man. And uh, I'm really looking forward to the conversation. Yeah. Well, let's let's start off with where you were born and raised and, and what life looked like for you growing up. Yeah. No, so I grew up in the Midwest, um, you know, more of a blue collar town. It's called Kokomo, Indiana, not to be confused with the island. It's definitely not that. Uh, all four seasons are here, and, and winter is yeah pretty chilly. Um, so I grew up here, uh, family of six. Yeah, I've got yeah. Grew up here, family of six, blue collar town. If anybody's familiar with Kokomo, it's you know, middle middle flyover country, Indiana. Um, and uh, you know the opportunities weren't very weren't very uh, bountiful around here. You could go work at the factory. There's a couple places really that you could go and work and some people do that. Um, so for me early on, you know, I was, I was a reflection of the people I was hanging out with and it, and it made a lot of sense for me more so to go to the military than it did to just stay here. I, I knew if things were going to change, I had to make a change and make a decision. And uh, at the time it was kind of a scary decision because I didn't know what to expect. It was during a war times 2009 um, there's yeah, 2000. That's when I joined, right? 2009, having a, <laughs> having a drawback. Was it 2009? Yeah, 2009 is when I joined. And um, so, um, fast forward, the military changed my life. It was one of the best decisions that I made. Um, gave me sharpened some of the characteristics that I had, but but really instilled discipline, um, honor. Uh, gave me a position in the mission, so you know, I, I became. Uh, just excited uh, about uh, serving and, and being involved in, in the, the military. Um, but it wasn't, you know, a long-term thing, right? It, it was, I saw the, the, the end of the, the road, you know, after my, my short time in, I saw where I was likely going to end up and I, I you know, wasn't going to be fulfilled there in my mind. So I decided to, you know, go to school, got super burnout there, ended up doing contracting overseas. And that's when I, I was making a ton of money, but again, restlessness and discontent kind of snuck up on me and 
um, I wanted to, to ultimately have freedom. So that was where it all really began for me in the tech space was just this genuine pursuit for freedom. How do I make uh, even half of the money in my head? I was thinking, how do I even make half the money that I'm making good contracting, but own my time and own my life? So after racking my brain on all these different methods, whether it was franchising, running a hot dog stand, uh, you know, you name it, I, uh, I decided that software made the most sense. It could be global. It didn't have to cost me hundreds of thousands of dollars to get started. I didn't have to know how to write code if I had a team. Um, so I did that. I did, I did just that with belief on fire. I, I launched my first platform. Um, fortunately, it was a big success. And uh, I haven't really stopped building in the tech space either for myself or for other, other people across the world over the last like eight and a half years. And uh, we're having a lot of fun. Um, yeah. So how, <laughs> well, let me rewind a little bit. So I'm, I'm guessing you were referring to your, your high school buddies where you were hanging out with people that maybe weren't the best influence on your life's trajectory. And you decided to join the Air Force. And I, so my first question is why the Air Force? Mm -hmm. Did you have family that had uh, served in the Air Force or, you know, family that had been in the army and they were like, don't do this. You need to go in the Air Force. <laughs> <laughs> no. It, so you're exactly right. I was hanging around with a bunch of people that weren't going anywhere fast. And I was one of those people. I didn't really have like this trajectory of where I was going. I always felt like I could be successful. I knew that I wasn't a bad dude, but I didn't have an idea on what I wanted to, to do or be or make or anything. It was just waffling in life. A reflection of who I was spending time with, and they were in the same camp. Um, so, you know, it, it was. I started looking around after I realized that, like, I wasn't being fulfilled just going to the party scene or chasing chicks in my local area or getting drunk. <laughs> it's just unfulfilling, and I'm like, "There's got to be more than this. Like, what can I do? Um, I can't do this forever, right? Like, I'm still living with my parents at this time." Um, and the military made sense very primitively. I looked around. Uh, the people that, that I was in high school with that had taken that choice versus the other choice, which was going to school. And the guys that would come back to, you know, on Thanksgiving, Christmas, et cetera, that I would link up with, I would just analyze. So, so the guys that went to college, um, the mass majority of them maybe put on a little bit of weight. Not very many of them had any money in their pockets. They, they weren't really different at all from what I remember in high school. Um, other than maybe being in more debt and, you know, <laughs> just in a different area code. Um, the guys that were in the military that had left, they, they were different. They seemed different. They walked different. They stood different. They were, uh, you know, they had a new job that I'd never heard of. They had different information to share and uh, they had money in their pockets. They could buy beer at the bar. They, they uh, you know, had, had lost some weight. A lot of them, they were coming fresh out of boot camp. So that was intriguing to me. I thought, hmm, you know, very primitive stuff. Who, who would you seek advice from if, if your goal is to be successful or, or at minimum buy drinks from the bar? <laughs> you know, yeah. talk to these guys. So I did. And, and that was the first kind of peaking of my interest. Um, I didn't have any like direct family that was in the military. I was the first one. But I consulted, um, you know, friends. And uh, that was ultimately how I 
under, started to understand and unpack each branch and their role. And to be honest, I started with the, the army. I went and took my ASVAB with the army. And uh, in my reconnaissance or in my discovery phase, I realized, man, I should probably go to the Air Force. <laughs> <laughs> and it, fortunately for me, you know, the ASVABs, the, the requirements were lower because it was around 9-11 um, that they were taking people in. And uh, the requirements were lower. So I, I did horrible in my ASVAB, but fortunately, you know, they had reduced the, the level and I was able to skate into the Air Force. And um, yeah, so that's how it all kind of unfolded for me. And, and you scored high enough to be in the security forces. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and, and if anybody, so like military police, that's probably one of the lower scores to, to be security forces. And I, but I actually chose it. And I did barely pass the ASAP. So my, my options were about this, you know, not, not too extreme, but I thought the, the primitive idea was if I can be a federal police officer, then when I'm done four or six years, whatever, love it or hate it, I'm going to have a really awesome resume that I can show just about anybody. And that'll mean something to them. It'll have meant that I, you know, I, I served as a federal police officer. It's, you know, it's at least a trustworthy person. You hope, yeah. right? So <laughs> that was my thought process. So I, I chose to do it. Plus, man, they got me with the video. They were throwing grenades. They were shooting, <laughs> repelling out of windows, all this stuff that we do like maybe once. <laughs> so yeah, they got me. Well, um, so from there, you, you, you served your country, you served in Iraq and then mm -hmm. um, contract work overseas made some money you come back why software like how did you come to the conclusion that that would be you know beneficial to you yeah no so i i've always worked my job and minded my freedom so it wasn't like i just came home after not having a proven concept i didn't leave emotionally i left tactically and I, that's a recommendation for anybody that's that is uh, you know, seeking freedom or building something, work your job and mind your business on the back end. It'll, it'll take an investment, especially if you have kids and a wife. It's additional things that you, you manage or take care of along with your, your work responsibilities. So while I was contracting, I became miserable. And I was grateful for the opportunity and the job, but after three years of doing the same thing over and over and over again, and just Groundhog's Day and and I didn't have a reason to be out there, really. I had made plenty of money and I was unfulfilled. And I would look at quotes about time and just it would rock my soul, dude. Um, and uh, so instead of doing nothing, instead of just being comfortable in that, which is a choice, you know, some people are probably in that position right now in their life where they hate what they're doing. They're not fulfilled. They're not happy. And I hope that you know, they realize at some point that they're not stuck. You're not a tree. You have free will and you can make choices that'll get you out of your, out of your position. And you should make choices that align with them ultimately where you want to go. So that's what I did. I just started writing things down. Okay. I'm not happy. It's just this simple. I'm not happy where I'm at. What can I do? Who can I be? Where can I, how, how do I, in this simple, how do I make half of this money that I'm making now and own my time? own own my life have a little bit more control not have to work so many hours in this hot sun and uh you know fall in line with with this these operations so 
over time, it didn't just happen overnight. It happened through being pissed off enough to keep writing. <laughs> I got in this notebook, green notebook, and I was just writing and researching. I was, I was researching uh, franchises. How much do they cost? What, what's the success rate of, of people that, that do these? What are the pros? What are the cons of, you know, if not a franchise, or there's all sorts of different franchises, right? There's Chick-fil-A, there's blah, blah, blah. Um, then the next thing was, uh, you know, what, what about a cigar bar? What about a bar? And I started listing pros and cons. And for me, I wanted to have something that I could, that I could make passive income from uh, that didn't require a ton of energy that I could earn an investment back and didn't have a huge like upfront cost that would be really risky. That would put me in a, a risky situation. I don't like, I, I don't like a whole lot of risk up front. I don't know if anybody does. Maybe some people do. <laughs> but uh, for me, you know, I, after about a month and a half of this process of going through all these different things, I, I was in this explorative mode and uh, I, I just saw ads for different software tools and different apps. And I just thought, this is it. If I can, if I can have a successful app and it can become global, and it costs me anywhere from 10 to 25,000, maybe 50,000 to start, but it's enough where I could get a hundred thousand people to give me a dollar, you know, or, or, or a hundred thousand people, people to give me $10. Um, that'd be really cool. And what if yeah. they paid me $10 every month? That'd be a really great investment. How much does software cost to keep running? How much does it cost? What are the light bills or the utilities of a software? So these questions, this aggressive curiosity because I was motivated by freedom got me to think about these things. And with, again, no formal education, just belief on fire that if, if this person can do it, if this person can do it, if these apps exist now and, and mankind has put them up there, I can do it too. <laughs> so, yeah. so, and I did, you know, and I did, and I, I failed um, finding a team. That was probably the hardest part because I didn't lack having an idea an idea on what I thought would be good. And I, and I knew how to test that idea, at least primitively to see if it was a good fit for the market. Um, the hardest part for me was getting an engineering team that could build this idea and launch it at a price that I could afford. So, you know, working and failing, honestly, I, I've been, I was scammed early on, I think for like 25 grand, I had nothing to show for it. This guy just totally scammed me. <laughs> then, uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars failed on, a, on one of the builds that I did that, that never saw the light of day. And it, it taught me lessons there, um, you know, mixed in with, with successes and ultimately finding my team now. So that's, that's how I've arrived now. So. <laughs> well, tell me a, a little bit about how you ended up choosing your team and, mm -hmm. and cause this is, really I, I feel like a, a valuable leadership lesson here picking the right people but what were you offering them right yeah so I think my strength um, at the time was like as far, as far as developers go they were looking at me realizing that um, I've got a ton of energy I can sell. I'm good on camera. If I believe in something, I've got a lot of passion. I can build no like, and trust if it's authentic. And that's typically something that's a weakness for somebody who's more engineer brained. Um, they can't, can't really be charismatic 
as, as well. Not, not there aren't hybrids out there. There definitely are, but uh, so they were seeing me as an opportunity, I think, to, to be a part of uh, distribution of this thing that they could build, like the, the yin to the yang. And uh, I think what I was looking for specifically was somebody that I could trust. At that point, I'd been scammed. You know, I'd failed for 25K and roughly that and, and time, like I invested a lot of time and energy into my initial idea, never came to life. So I was looking for somebody who actually could deliver and attributes like trust, <laughs> an honest person were very important, a track record, uh, testimonials, um, you know, a, a track record of success and, and real world projects that were out there existing in the marketplace, uh, you know, now. And that's, you know, that's where I found my team was was going through that process. And, and honestly, like the best way I think to do it, if anybody was wanting to get into the app or tech space now, the best way would be to reverse engineer and ask someone that has an existing platform, hey, who's your team? Hey, who do you work with? Hey, what's, what are the steps to, you know what I mean? To like really get started extracting an idea into a blueprint and putting that blueprint into a measurable quote and then getting an accurate and quality team to actually assemble and launch your thing, whether it be an app, software, et cetera. Now, over time, it, it seems to me like you, you kind of put together a winning formula, uh, a successful formula to, to do this. And, and now your, your main focus is truefans.com. Can, mm -hmm. can you tell me a little bit about that and, and what you do there? Yeah, absolutely. So true fans is it, it follows kind of the same formula that I use to uh, build anything. It typically starts with seeing and hearing or observing like what sucks in the marketplace. So, you know, I don't set out, I don't sit in a room, you know, and, and hum and, and hope to have good ideas. I just look around and hear and listen and see what sucks. And then I, I usually have ideas or, or uh, on ways to solve those things. And I think those are the best software projects that we've ever even worked on having clients is the people that know from firsthand experience or, or have a deeper understanding of what the problem is and how tech can solve it, or how an app can solve it, or how they, it could mitigate things. So anyway, that's all I did was I, I saw that uh, content creators were historically underpaid and undervalued. I saw that big companies were selling data and it was more of a pay to play model in which you know, you, you as a user are the product. Your reach is limited by an algorithm. So if you build a community on most of these platforms, they're not, they're not seeing your shit. That's a problem in a way, but you're not paying for the reach. So it doesn't meet their model. You're not paying their electric bill. So it's just a weird, outdated system. That's what I think. That's my, that was my observance. Uh, we're also living in a time where your information is being removed. Your, your content is being removed if it doesn't fit somebody's liking. So dialogue is this thing that's under attack and sharing of ideas is this thing that's under attack and that sucks. And I'm more for freedom and I'm more for freedom of expression in a multitude of ways, especially if you're talking about ideas or disagreements, it's how we fucking grow. Yeah. <laughs> so like, so for me, I, I thought that sucked. Um, so then once I, once we unpack all these things that suck, then it's like, okay, well, here's the existing players in this world. You've got OnlyFans, Patreon. There's a, a slew of them that are here today, gone tomorrow. But the big guys in the room 
they're predominantly known for adult content. They have some hidden fees sometimes. They've got problems here. Where, where are the areas where we can improve? Where are the areas where we become the logical choice? Because I believe as a service provider, if you have the most logical choice product, you win. You get the attention. You get the, the traffic. You get the user's pick. And anyway, so, so that for us was we're going to be 100% invite only. So not just anybody can gain access. Um, we're going to be less like a Walmart and more like a country club for creators. So we have this kick-ass group of people and you cannot get in unless you're invited. So that creates exclusivity too. It's like people want to get in. It's like, well, no, you have to be invited or you can apply. Um, the next thing that we did is we paid more. We pay higher than most other platforms on the market. So we give out more money, um, which people like that. Cool. That makes it stand out as well. The next thing is we pay faster than any other platform on the planet. We have instant payments. So as soon as the creator's funds are active, there's no minimum, there's no maximum. They can take them out instantly within seconds to their account. People like that. It's their money. You know, they, they spend it on whatever you want. You've earned this. It's, it's through you. Uh, and then the biggest thing is like outside of having additional features and functions that help our creators and users get paid, uh, we don't allow adult content. So we are the wholesome alternative to these sites. So there's all these people that would love to have a membership site or to love to put their communities on these sites, but don't want to be associated with the adult world. So we said, okay, well, that's going to be us. We're going to stamp our flag here. And it's worked out wonderfully. We have hundreds and hundreds of thousands of users across the planet. Uh, we are growing rapidly. We haven't ran a single ad yet. It's all been referrals and word of mouth and, and just some basic marketing um, through manual means like our, our virtual assistants. And yeah, man, we're excited about the future for what it is. And, and for anybody that doesn't know, I probably should have started there, what, what TrueFans is or what the platform does, it puts content creators in control. So it's like having their own paid for Facebook group with a multitude of different ways that they can additionally monetize their audiences, whether it's going live, mass messaging, um, pay-per-views, donations, tips, gifts, pledges. There's, there's all these different ways that they can monetize without limitation of algorithms. So whether, whether somebody has 10 people or 10 million people inside their channel, everybody gets notified. So it's an amazing way for them to connect at a deeper level with their people without the traditional nonsense that's pretty cool and yeah how, how long have you been doing that uh we've been live for about two and a half years now we were it took us roughly nine and a half months to build um just communication back and forth again you know started with that idea right but then the next the next thing that you do with this idea is you draw it you draw it into a blueprint. We use Adobe XD or we use what's called Figma. It's just a way to communicate through visuals. So you literally can build your software in a wireframe or in a design. And then that becomes the thing that becomes your measurable quote, just like a blueprint for a house. If you wanted to build a barn, you would probably start with a plan. <laughs> but once you have a plan, now you can talk to a builder and they go, okay, it's gonna take this much wood, these many screws, this much time, um, and here's how, how long it will take us to do it. Here's the milestones in which we will produce this work. And you as the buyer, now you know. So anyway, I, I follow the same process if I'm building my own thing with my team. 
is idea extracted into a blueprint blueprint turns into a quote quote turns into engineering communication as the project is you know moving along is there like a podcast community within true fans uh so we have several podcasters that have channels um i don't know if there's like communities of podcasters that are hanging out together and like they would i'd love for them to be you're more than welcome to be um, but I don't know of any off the top of my head, but could podcasters use it? Absolutely. Um, I actually met Alex. I'm not even going to try to say his last name. It's Filipino, Philip, Philanthropino, the guy that owns um, yeah, Podmatch. San Filipino. Yeah, San Filipino. That's right. <laughs> um, and he's a great dude. I, I'm, I'm super pumped for his platform and like what they're doing. And I'm, I'm a huge supporter. It, that's how you and I are connected right now. So shout yeah. out to Alex and their crew. Um, so. Uh, we've we've talked about this in depth like how, how podcasters can specifically use our platform and and the reality is they they have a community they have people that know like and trust them they're giving away information they're giving away access they're giving away um, in most cases education or insight so that provides a result so if you as a podcast owner have a result to give somebody and it could be a quantum leap you know, it could be the, the change of their entire life. Information can change your life. I'm living proof of that, right? You, yeah. Everybody is. So knowing that you have a result to sell or give, then you can sell it. You can put a price tag on it. It's like, okay, I'm going to have this interview. The first 10 minutes of it is going to be, it's going to be for my inner circle members. You only get access to the first 10 minutes where I ask these questions. And then anybody that's inside of my, my true fans channel, they'll be able to see that, but they're directly funding and paying for this, you know, your performance and your, everybody's got to have economy to do what they're doing, right. Or income coming in. So, you know, it could be something like that where the first 10 minutes or maybe the last 10 minutes or the outtakes um, are, are only for your subscribers, or it could be certain guests that you bring on or only for certain could be merch right? It could be all these different things that you could share or just conversation communication. You know, there's a world where a lot of creators get so big, they can't even check their DMs. They get thousands of DMs a day. So if they have subscribers, these are paying people that are paying to help that creator. Um, they'll, they'll manage those DMs inside here, but they'll let these kind of go by the wayside and tell people over here, Hey, I can only manage these. So if you want to become a subscriber, then I can message you and then we can have a dialogue. I make time for those. Um, so it's just really in, in simple terms, it's about giving away 90% or 95% upfront and then keeping your favorites or the 5% behind the scenes. And then that becomes the thing that drives your business, drives your creativity, drives your, your energy and efforts to really add fuel to what you're doing. And people vibe with that too, man. If you're just a good person or you've got a cool cause, people rally around that too. So like, for instance, if we've got some creators that are ocean concert conservation folks, um, pro Two tech is the name Darren Fryers, the founder, and they raise money for ocean conservation in their channel. And they do giveaways, they do raffles. They, they show people behind the scenes of like what their dollars are going towards, um, in, in, for ocean cleanups, just super cool. So yeah, yeah. that's pretty cool, man. When you, when you got out of the Air Force and you started 
building these these platforms you were probably what 24 25 around there yeah around that 23 and and and, you know now you're you're 33 years old Mm -hmm. and killing it but what people aren't seeing is those hard lessons (laughs) that you learned yeah and you already talked about one of them, you know, that, that trust factor where you, you got taken for 25 grand. Mm-hmm. That's one lesson. Can you, <laughs> can you tell us some, some more of the lessons that you've learned that have really helped yeah. you uh, along the way to where you are uh, now? Absolutely. Step one is just having belief in yourself. That's the first challenge you're going to come up against as an entrepreneur. That is number one. And it's not a simple one. It's easy to say. I just said it really easily. But the first one is getting out of your own way because the, the mass majority of people lack belief in themselves and their own abilities to get results or to be the man or to be the woman. Uh, and that requires brain work. It requires that you look in the mirror and put uh, better affirmations behind the word I am. You better start thinking about yourself. Like I am smart. I am strong. I am capable. I'm rich. I'm abundant. If you don't believe that start there until you get that down. Once you believe that there's that there's literally nothing that you cannot achieve. Uh, now you're on the right track. Cool. Now, now that that's in place, step one is start believing in yourself. And it goes in waves. Be okay that it goes in waves, but get yourself out of that funky frequency and and back up here (laughs) as this entrepreneurial world punches you in the face. Um, Be resilient. So so step one, believe in yourself. Step two is as far as like, um, you know, mindset, right? That's what we're talking about is just just like mindset is... uh, I think just like belief comes from faith. Um, so I think who you surround yourself with is also a big key. Like if you, I, I re- I'm trying to remember back, like when I first started, I, you know, I was hanging around with people that weren't going anywhere fast. If you want to go somewhere fast, go, go around people that are going fast. Like go, go put yourself in a position to be around people that are moving quick. <laughs> and I think that all, those are two things. Uh, and I think, we're talking about like where I learned from, from uh, failing, right? Like that's, let me, let me get back on track there. Another big experience for me, like, like failing is just being grateful during the fail, being grateful when things aren't going right, because things, thank God for things, things maybe not be going great right now, but man, thank God for things. And let me break that down and explain it. So I call this the Cheerio effect. <laughs> it's a story called the Cheerio effect. My daughter spilled a box of Cheerios the other day. This is where I got this um, um, realization. So she spilled a box of Cheerios early in the morning. I'm groggy. First thing I'm thinking is, damn it. You know, I got to pick up all these Cheerios. This sucks. This is a bummer. And I start picking up Cheerios and she's helping. And I just, I'm looking around on the floor of all this mess. And, and in the flip of a switch, like I just start thinking different as I'm in the midst of the mess in the midst of the chaos and things weren't going right in my day, I start being thankful for dexterity in my fingers. 
I start being thankful for the, for eyesight. I start being thankful that I have a healthy daughter that's learning that is in the kitchen with, we're here together in our house that has a roof and we have running well, all these things just start flooding my mind. And I'm like, man, thank God. Thank God that I'm in this moment. And I'm, I just realized this successful uh, realization. And I think if you, if you take that principle, the Cheerio principle and apply it to building a business or working towards your own freedom or getting out of your own way, you just become abundantly grateful no matter what's happening. And those are the crazy enough people that will see success because it doesn't matter what's happening to you because it's happening for you. <laughs> and that, in my opinion, is like the strongest way for somebody to grow is to have the Cheerio mind where nothing can mess up their day. When you take a minute and you take a breath and you realize I'm here, I'm present, this is, this is all a part of it. What can, what can I learn from this? What can I take from this? Way easier said than done in the moment. But if you start filling your mind with gratitude, then there's nothing else that can fill, fill that cup. When your cup is so full of gratitude and thankfulness, then you're, you're in alignment with, with your achievement. You, you'll be in better alignment with achieving the thing that you go out to achieve. But yeah, and then the other thing, you know, what I've, it's taken me a long time, but just like having a vision and having a plan is something that, that I've, I was slow to do early on having a really refined idea and plan on where I wanted to go and what that looked like and what that felt like. People call it a business plan. I think that's morbidly boring. I call it a vision plan because I think there's something to seeing it and feeling it before you've arrived. So that's, uh, that's what I work on now is when I'm, when I'm thinking about this idea or I'm you know, trying to build something else or I want to get to a new milestone. Why? What's it look like? What's it feel like? What's it, you know, what use your imagination yeah. <laughs> and uh you know having the belief there which will create faith on a quantum level things will be attracted to your life and that's what successful people do and, and in short i'm learning this every day now but it's and, and this is just it's it's sad but it's true success is fucking boring it's boring it's not marketable it's not this thing that's like that you see on the internet or people are flashing, you can arrive there. You can, you can, have, you can make as much money as you want and you can, you can achieve success, but it takes time. It takes consistent effort and energy, and it requires making the right choices that align with where you've decided you want to go. It's very easy to not make a, we'll just take it back here. If you know, you want to lose weight, if you know, you want to be healthy, it's very easy to choose to drink water. You know, that's a healthy thing. And it's also very easy to not drink water. <laughs> it's very easy to drink an energy drink or some bullshit, you know, milkshake, whatever. It's very easy to eat a hamburger. It's very easy to not eat a hamburger. It's very easy to, you know, pack your lunch for the week or make a meal prep and set yourself up, set your refrigerator up for success. It's very easy not to do that too. And success, all it is, is, leveraging time as your ally and make enough right decisions for a long period of time the compound effect it's a it's a magical thing the the slight edge uh if, if anybody's ever read that book it's an amazing book i can't remember the author's slight edge that's it 
it will either work for you or it will work against you. But we all have the ability to make choices. So in business, my failures have ultimately led me to, to those things. If I could just kind of throw them all out there, that it's just deciding where you want to go and making consistent long-term decisions that align with, with that destination point and realizing when you don't and editing those and correcting those yourself, like having enough discipline to edit and correct those yourself or don't, but at least take ownership. If you're not going to do it, don't blame the world. <laughs> don't, don't blame anybody else. Uh, anyway. Uh, how do you define success for yourself? Yeah. That's changed now over, I used to define it as like how much money I was making per month, per year. Like that was like the, you know, I'm successful now that I've made $3.5 million this year. I can put that on my, now it's like success to me. And, and really I call it wealth. Wealth to me is a multi-pillar thing. How much quality time am I spending with people I'm interacting with? Uh, how, how many, like, what were the experiences that I'm having with my family, my, my kids, my wife, are we connected? Do we have, you know what I mean? Like that's rich. Um, do, and, and now it's like money, isn't this thing. that's like, it's never really been this thing that was super high up on the priority list to me. It was more like impact and fulfillment and money was this indicator that things were working right in the business, which was fulfilling and exciting. But now, dude, I, I, like, so money is, or being rich is really just a ratio of like how much you make versus how much you spend. So I live out in Kokomo, Indiana. It costs shit to live here. It's, it's like literally the most cost-effective, one of the most cost-effective places. I'm super rich where I live and I have more than enough. And I'm so thankful for that. So like the things that are important to me now are having fun, um, not getting stressed out if things are going right, if things are going wrong, getting to the next milestone. It's being present. Like that's a rich thing and a wealthy, successful thing to me, not becoming an old Scrooge and a pissed off guy. That's rich. <laughs> it's monetarily um, having fun, finding fulfillment and building with the right people. It's, this is a game. This is a sport, you know, <laughs> so I look at it and um, ultimately the reason why I'm doing it is to create experiences um, freedom experiences. So, you know, planning adventures and stuff now with my family is that success to me and, and being able to say no, um, because I now have funds to say no and take a little bit of control over, you know, my day to day, um, which is good and bad. It's a double-edged spear. You gotta, you gotta be ready for that. It's easy to, you know, once you do have some freedom and flexibility, when you own your time, you're, you're the, you're the CEO. You're the guy that can choose yes or no. You don't have, no one's waiting on you to show up at work. You know, you got to show up for yourself. Yeah. That's an interesting talk. I'll talk on this for just a second. It's an interesting topic. So like showing up for yourself, it's so easy for people naturally when your boss is expecting you at 8.30 in the morning, 7 in the morning, 6 in the, 6 in the morning, they'll get up, brush their teeth, shave their face, go through community traffic, whatever, to arrive there. But a lot of people, when it's time to show up for you, like you don't respect yourself enough at that same level that you do, like even other people or other organizations. So it's like realizing that and, and taking that perspective or that paradigm shift and using it to your advantage. Like, dude, if I can show up here for this team and this group or this other individual or group of individuals, why the fuck can't I do it for myself? And, yeah. and that perspective can change your life too. 
because you're spending your time, you're spending your energy, you're spending your efforts, you know, do it, do it towards a thing that, that can pay you long-term or do it towards a thing that's, that's aligned with where you want to go. My thought. Yeah, no, uh, I, I'm with you hundred percent on that. Uh, it, it's interesting what you were talking about, how, how you define success and how you stated it's about fulfillment. Mm. And, and over the past month, I've had multiple conversations on my show, on other people's shows, in my personal life. It's just funny how it keeps on coming up. And, and that is, it, it, I, I actually wrote about it in my book, but in a different way than the way I've been talking about it. Hmm. And what that is, is really, you know, our purpose for existing, you know, yeah. um, throughout history. Great thinkers have been sitting around contemplating like what is the meaning of life what is what is my purpose you know right. and ultimately it's it's happiness where we want to experience happiness that is the driving force in every person's life we we want to be happy and what is the purest form of happiness is that sense of fulfillment Yep. That comes from adding value to somebody else. Mm -hmm. And the best way to add value to somebody else is to start with yourself. You've got to add value to yourself if you're ever going to add value to anybody else. Totally. And, and that's, that's at the heart of it is yeah. fulfillment, you know? And, and I think that is how you measure success. Well, it depends on what you're talking about as well, but just in, in general, that sense of fulfillment, that, that sense of, yes, I have achieved what I set out to do. And it can be this never ending cycle, you know, where, okay, I've achieved this. What now? Yeah. And, and I think it's important that we continue to have that hunger and that thirst for achievement i think everybody's got their own music and you're the most restless and discontent when you're not playing your song when, when you're sitting there and, and you know you've got music to share and give but you're not in alignment with it and it's it's causing you discomfort and you want to get in the game but you haven't got past like lesson one which is uh, giving yourself permission to realize that you can play music you should play music. The world needs you to play music now more than ever. <laughs> That's my honest opinion because everybody's music's different and everybody has a different, uh, you know, ability and characteristics and, and sound. Um, and the world is better and more prosperous when, when people are, are, are walking in alignment with their purpose, but gratitude is the other thing we're talking about success, like just being grateful in the date, like you only get so many seconds. This is time is such a finite thing. And after you make like a large amount of money, you hope that these people like realize uh, that you only need so much money. And then it's like, okay, well now who am I? Or now what, what am I interested in? Or what, what, why am I doing this? 
some people just keep chasing the dollar and those people wind up very miserable to be honest because that's all their life is about is just getting the new highs and then that's they're in this competitive game and they're they're just they, they never really arrive fully at like okay well what matters yeah, well you know? you know my super yacht is bigger than yours <laughs> right right and it's like <laughs> oh cool man um so i i think it's uh it's it's gratitude which will you know you can listen to celebrities if you look at interviews people will say i was happier when i was broke interesting so little things can make you happy dude if you allow them to if you remember to you know looking around the room everybody's at a different different perspective different room maybe somebody's got a different job but uh you know just being grateful for the fact that you have a job being grateful for the fact that you've got people in your life or you've got a vehicle that gets you to where you need to go. All these things, if you just really stop and, and take a deep breath and kind of look around and feel, be present, um, that will keep you from thinking too far in the future or too far in the past, which will cause anxiety and stress and regret when you're present and here, that's when you, you know, find success in my opinion and uh, consider seeking it. I've got a little observation here where you seem to be pretty well grounded. Uh, you have a, a good sense of uh, a good understanding of philosophy. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm curious, where does that come from? You know, what, you know, is there a certain people that, that you study um i'm I'm just aggressively curious man and i look at the i look at what people produce and i'm observing who's happy and who's not at least on like a you know as much as i can explore and the people that i'm aligning myself around whether it's digitally like through through like you know ebooks audiobooks podcasts or if it's in person people that are at higher highs than me that are that are maybe making more money or doing more things philanthropically or adding more value to different, like, honestly, the people that I'm like talking with now, I think like they see me almost like an investment in a way, like, like the people that are really high, higher, they, they have realized that it's really fun and fulfilling to them to help somebody else level up. Like that's the new, like, I, I don't know if that's why like VC companies come about or if that's why they're looking for opportunities to invest in, in prosper, uh, you know, like a, a success story or, or somebody else to help lift and elevate because in some regard they get elevated and lifted by that helping hand. And uh, so, yeah, I think, uh, I, you know, I surround myself with people that, you know, that, that iron sharpens iron. So I don't know, very primitively, I think that that's, that's what I seek. Yeah. And, and that's how I've arrived at just like my thoughts on things. And I've been down the opposite road too. I mean, I've gotten bad results. I've been the opposite of what I am today. And I felt that. And it's like, why would I stay there? I don't want to stay. Life is short. You know, I've been, dude, like when I, so I, I was probably the most unhappy and pissed off when I left Iraq. It was, I think I was like 19. 20 i can't remember 19 20 years old and i was pissed off at the world i hated anybody if they weren't military um 
you know, we got shot, I say shot at, and thank God for all the people that were at FOBs that I can't even pronounce the name of before I even get into this. I know there's first responders, so thank you guys. Um, but I was in Balad, Iraq, and we got mortared like every day, every other day. IDF, thank God I didn't have to like clear rooms, clear doors or anything like that. Um, but, you know, for anybody that's psychologically, it, it's, it throws you down a wild, <laughs> a wild hallway, man. And uh, so how I handled it was I just disassociated with like everything. I was just pissed off. I was like breathing smoke when I got home and, and I didn't like civilians. I was just an angry, bitter kid. And I look back at it, I was still a kid. Um, and I just like wondered, you know, why are we here? Why, why is this even a thing? And I realized how expendable I was like to the military. It's like, fuck man, you know, we would, we would have a security briefing that tower one and three are you know, projected to be attacked there's rpgs there's group there's intel that came in brandon smith you're in tower one <laughs> and i'm like oh damn all right whatever like screw you guys you know like i i know my place here <laughs> here we go um so you know it was it was like i i've i've been to low lows like mentally i was okay with dying at that time i was okay with like because at least in my head, I was like, if I die here, I'm going to go home in a nicely decorated flag casket. My parents are going to be really proud of me. I would have done something different than anybody else. I'm cool. Like this, and I'm here with my friends, you know, <laughs> like, I'm just, whatever, take it's It's my time, I guess. But uh, it wasn't until later that I realized like, man, this is not a healthy way to live life for myself. If I love me, I got to change this up, man. I still got time to live. and. Uh, you know, transitioning outside of the military, um, I realized that, you know, there's, there's your military life and your civilian life, but if you look at it as two separate things, you're kind of messed up. You need to look at it like a linear life. Like this is just one chapter of your linear life. They're not two separate lives. You're still the same person, but you've just, you're on a different journey. So I had this thought that if I, if I take these things, these, these rough things, these good things, this life that happened here, and I use them uh, as I continue and I refine myself instead of defining myself with PTSD or saying I'm this way or saying this way, but hard charge through offensively to, to become, uh, you know, to find my new mission forefront, to find this new position in the mission. What is my responsibility? And the, here I am now, you know, and unapologetically, whether people like me or not, it's like I, I would rather. I would rather create than consume. I would rather, um, you know, fail miserably than regret not trying. Um, so that's really, that's, that's all the motivation that I need to, to, you know, give myself permission to, to make content and produce platforms. And it's, it's a little higher than that. Like some of my philosophy, I'm a, I'm a Christian guy, I believe in guy, I know a curse like a sailor, but I, you know, I believe in, in a higher power, the creator. I believe I'm, I'm made, uh, I, was, I was made intelligently. I was designed in the image of a God, God. Um, so, you know, if that's the case, and I believe that, my, my service isn't to, you know, necessarily mankind. My service is to pay homage to the creator. And that's, that's where I get faith and, and, I, and I feel uh, even more, 
uh, unstoppable in a way. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's where I'm at now, and and everybody, I, I really do believe that everybody, uh, at least everybody that I've met, in some ways, is my superior, in which I can learn from them. Um, but I could also, yeah, they they have something to give. It's just the sad thing is most people don't believe that like fully. Yeah. And it's up to them whether they think they can or think they can't. They're right. I think that's a Henry Ford quote, but <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. No, that's pretty cool, man. Is there anything that that you feel like we haven't touched on that we need to touch on? And then what's the best way for people to connect with you? I'm not sure if we didn't touch on anything. Um, I think I said a lot. I hope, I hope that somebody, I hope it helps somebody. I really do, man. Like that's, I get on here and I don't have a whole lot of direction and I have nothing to sell. I'm just like, it's part of my responsibility. I I really do feel like, so if somebody wants to reach out, somebody needs something to help. And this, these are my people too, man. First responders or people that are military, people that maybe you're building something you want to connect, or you just need some inspiration or somebody to tell you, get the hell out of your own way. I will be very honest with you. I'm going to, I'm not going to stab you in the back, but I will stab you in the face, <laughs> so, you know, and that's just me being on a good friend. I, somebody that's going to tell you, Hey dude, you're getting fat. You need to take care of yourself. I want you to be here. That's just me. And uh, if you don't want that type of friendship or you don't want that type of, you know, somebody to hold you that level in business, don't reach out to me. Cause it's, I'm not, I'm not capable of softening the blow. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'll be as nice as I can, but it's like, you know, I'm going to tell you if things are, if the baby's ugly, the baby's ugly, you know, fair enough. <laughs> and we can put makeup <laughs> on the baby. No. Uh, but uh, so if, if people want to get in touch with me, it's timbranion.com. Um, that's where all my social links are at. That's just probably the most simple way they can Google me as well. If they're interested in true fans, if they're a creator that has a community or they're, they're an individual that wants to, uh, monetize or learn more they can go to truefanswithaz.com there's videos informations creator highlights blogs all that cool stuff there um yeah and I, my my whole goal and we talked about this before we came how do i be a good guest how do i how do i give back how do i build my personal brand but but build no like and trust with people through giving away all the stuff that i've i've learned and what i have to give so if i can be of service to somebody um, especially if you're, if you're a entrepreneur, first responder, we already have that in common. I'd love to talk to them. And, uh, yeah. So, so timbranding.com or LinkedIn, I'm on there too, or Google Tim Brandon, you'll find me. Cool. Thanks, man. Thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing so much with us. And, uh, I really appreciate it. And thank you for your service. Oh yeah, dude. Smartest thing I did. Thanks for having me on, man. And, and, um, I'm, I'm glad to be connected. Thank you for listening to this episode of From Embers to Excellence. Please like and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Follow me on your favorite podcast platform and visit hollenbachleadership.com for additional content. My goal is and always will be to add value to as many people as possible. So if I can be of any assistance to you or someone you know, Please connect with me via email or on one of my social media accounts linked on the homepage of my website. Remember, our failures don't define us unless we let them, and the only true measure of a leader is the success of their team.